Welcome to the Dave Witty Show. I'm your host, Dave Witty. Back again for another episode, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, I want to say thanks to Nick Earl for joining me last week. Had a great chat with Nick. Uh, just an incredible talent. Really young guy who's just blowing up here in Newfoundland. Um, you know, crazy, crazy, crazy good songwriter, incredible guitar player, and just got the right attitude. I mean, um, if you don't know Nick by now, you definitely got to check him out, check out his music. And, and you know, there's lots of places all around town that you can go see him play uh, nightly. And if you do get the chance to do that, by all means, uh, go for it because, he, you know, he puts off a great show and just just an awesome cat. So uh, thanks to Nick Earl again for, for joining me last week. I uh, got another great episode this week. Uh, Mr. Radio himself. Greg Smith joined me, a uh, buddy of mine. We grew up together again, you know, from Mount Pearl. Uh, I mentioned this in the interview, but, you know, it just seems like I keep getting these people from Mount Pearl, but I just know a ton of people who who have real neat, interesting stories, you know, from Mount Pearl, and, and Greg's definitely another one of them. Uh, if, you know, if you've ever listened to the radio in Newfoundland, you know Greg. Greg is the host of, of many different programs. You know, he's a, a great volunteer in the community. Uh, he's involved with, the, the you know, every single different aspect of, of radio. And, 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 you know, he's been part of the Folk Festival and the Folk Alliance and, and all kinds of different sorts of things. So um, make sure you do stick around for, for a great interview with, with Greg Smith. I uh, really enjoyed chatting with him. Uh, what's going on in Davy's world? Um, not too much. I mean, Newfoundland is uh, is is doing good, you know, COVID wise, especially with, I mean, everything going on in the other parts of Canada. I noticed, uh, you know, well, obviously Ontario is is blowing up and they're back in full blown lockdown. But Nova Scotia recently has uh, has uh, seen cases on the rise. Looks like they're going into a what they call a circuit breaker. Uh, where they're going to kind of shut down businesses for a couple of weeks and try to halt, uh, you know, everything that's going on in Nova Scotia. Uh, it's definitely put a wrench in a lot of uh, a lot of people's plans, especially you know musicians from Newfoundland who had planned on the attending the um, East Coast Music Awards um, in Cape Breton this year. I mean, they were going full blown, full board ahead with it. Uh, it's it's a shame that it, it can't go ahead. I mean, but I think everybody's safety and and health is is what what really matters. So uh, I think they made the right decision on pulling the plug on that, especially with with everything going on in in Nova Scotia right now. So uh, sad to hear that for for all my friends and colleagues in the in the music industry from Newfoundland who are uh, who uh, you know have have to stay home and and don't get to attend those ECMAs. You know, especially with uh, with um, you know people who who you know necessarily who. who Made, I might not have attended those events before. You know, it's it's a, such a learning experience to get up there and, and meet some of the the people involved with that and and meet other other musicians from other parts of of the uh, the you know the East Coast. Um, so you know, sorry to hear that, but I, I think I think the ECMA has really uh, made the right decision and, and keeping everybody's health and safety in mind. So um, you know, I, I'll definitely be doing an update. We know when the when the awards are announced and and kind of doing a little rundown of those. But uh, for the time being. Good luck to all of uh, all of the uh, the people from Newfoundland and everybody obviously involved uh, who, who's up for an award or up for uh, you know up for who's who are planning to do a showcase. I think they're doing some of the showcases now virtually, uh, recorded here you know live from um, from home or, or from uh, uh, the Canadian Navy soundstage or wherever. I mean I think that's that's definitely the the way to go. 
Um, with regards to myself, you know, I, I had a little bit of fun last weekend. I did a couple of gigs, had a really, really fun gig at the, uh, the Republic. I'd never performed there before. It was a great little audience. I mean, great room, really, really cool little spot. It's like an English, like an old style English pub there. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was there hitting away at a few tunes for, for a few hours and, and, uh, it was a great night. Um, what else did I do this weekend? Friday, I uh, oh, I played a Trinity Pub on Friday. Also, another little great little room in St. John's. I mean, it was uh, you know as 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 COVID uh, precautions in place, it was it was a busy night. I mean, you know, all these venues are still working at fifty percent capacity, and everybody's following the rules. I got to say, it's it's really nice to see for folks who are down checking out some live entertainment. Everybody's been for the most part pretty pretty uh, pretty good with the masks and and social distancing and and, and stuff like that. So, uh, big thanks to both of those venues for for helping me uh, you know play some tunes this weekend. I had a, had a great time. I uh, didn't do a whole lot Saturday. I had a real real low-key night i mean i was helping uh, helping my brother move um uh for a few days and, and saturday decided to just have a have a low-key night and and stayed in and and uh and watched the leafs game which was fantastic by the way everybody uh big gutsy win there from the leafs i mean back to back against winnipeg jets uh, the Leafs look like they're in pretty decent shape again. Jack Campbell had a couple bounce back games. It was really, really nice to see. Nice to see some of them's gutsy performances from uh, from some of the veterans that we have there. I mean, Joe Thornton just getting in the ear of Nick Ehlers and and you see Spezza and Simmons and these guys and don't look like they're going to take any shit no more. I mean, that's the difference between the Je- uh, the Leafs story and uh, the Leafs now and the Leafs past is that uh, they look like a team who, who can probably uh, stand up to a lot of teams. Uh, it, it would be interesting to have seen the Leafs kind of to face off against you know some tougher teams like the Boston Bruins and stuff uh, throughout the year but I mean obviously with COVID we're all just happy to have have some sports on um so I think the the Leafs are actually off for a couple days I mean when you're listening to this tomorrow for you and and today for for you I mean sorry uh you know it'll be Wednesday um April 28th and the Leafs are uh Leafs are playing Montreal again Montreal ended up winning on Monday. I mean, uh, they're uh, they're scrambling right now, looking to hopefully to try to make a playoff spot. I'm really, really hoping that uh, it's going to be a Leafs and Habs first round playoff because, uh, man, just what a treat that would be for for any hockey fans, especially from Newfoundland. I mean, if, if you're not from Newfoundland, you don't understand how many how many folks from Newfoundland are are either Leafs fans or Habs fans. Don't get me wrong; there's there's other other uh, fans for for different teams here, but I mean, the Leafs and the Habs. Um, are definitely the number one and two there for sure. You know, the Leafs having the the St. John's Maple Leafs here for a number of years, it really uh, really had a lot of uh, people going for the Leafs and and people are just Habs fans. I mean, it's the two closest teams to to, to Newfoundland and uh, just you know a ri- couple of original six teams. So really really hoping for um, a Leafs and uh, a Leafs and Habs first round. I think that'll be such a laugh. Watching a little baseball as well. The Jays are uh, Jays are. Um, are, are doing pretty good. I mean, I mean, we're about even right now. It's been an interesting year for baseball. The hitting's been down. Pitching's been up. Uh, you know, the Jays are, are, I think they're at about 500 right now. Some of these young guys are really, really fun to watch. Vladdy Guerrero Jr. and uh, Bichette and, and, and uh, just a really, really, uh, you know, Alejandro Kirk, the, the catcher, uh, really, really fun to watch. It's going to be interesting to see when we get uh, George Springer back. He's going to be a crucial part of this team, I think. Um, and you know me, guys just love digging into a bit of sports talk, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, going to be another fun week of, of hockey and, and another fun week of baseball. Um, 
what I got on the go this weekend, this Thursday. Uh, I'm actually playing at uh, at Golf Shots again in Mount Pearl. Great little spot to go hit in, guys. Watch a bit of sports um, and 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 uh, check out some live music. They got the golf simulators there. I've mentioned in my previous podcast. Um, in behind Landwash Brewery in Mount Pearl. So if you're around Thursday night and looking for something to do, you know, great little spot. Lots of space there. It's really great social distance. So I mean, come on out and hang out for a few tunes if you feel so uh, inclined. Uh, another fun announcement I got is I got a new band on the go new project we're called the donnies uh we're a folk band it's myself robert kelly and alex cull um we're just on the heels of, of releasing a, a new single the song's called my only friend um and uh we're playing this weekend friday and saturday night at o'reilly it's gonna be my first time playing at o'reilly's with a band i've done some solo gigs there and i've done some gigs with larry foley over the years but this is gonna be my first one with a band and it's our debut weekend so i mean if you're out looking for some live music this weekend come check us out uh you're gonna be doing a bunch of uh you know like newfoundland folk music and and a couple of our tunes and maybe a couple of my own you know from my, my solo tunes that will fit into the band stuff but really looking forward to that project i mean if you're uh, once again, if you're out around, come and check us out at O'Reilly's Friday and Saturday night, 1030. Uh, going to be a great, great fun uh, weekend of, of music. Really, really looking forward to getting to the guys, I, forward with the guys. I mean, since COVID has started, I've done one full band performance, Dave Whitty Band. I mean, playing with anybody. Other than that, it's just been solo performances. Um, so really, really makes a big difference when you're on stage with, with you know, not only um, great musicians, but some of your friends. I mean, it just... It just adds to the the overall fun and enjoyment of, of doing what you do. You know, I mean, I love I love performing music, but it's so much better when you're when you're performing with with other musicians and and especially great musicians. I mean, it really makes a big difference. So, gotta say, I'm really looking forward to that. If you're interested in following along with that project, you can uh, you can follow us on Facebook at the Donnies, uh, the, the the Donnies NL, and you can follow us on Instagram at the Donnies underscore. That's our uh, that's our Instagram handle. So, uh, you know, follow along and and, and see what what we're up to it's going to be just a fun little project going to be great for for putting together for 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 festivals you know when when all that stuff opens back up again and uh just really looking forward to getting out and and playing some tunes with the guys you know that's about it for me gonna have a have a fun weekend uh you know playing some music and uh uh had a really great chat with with greg smith here from vocm and and uh stingray uh so um you know he gave some real great insight into you know his his uh, his life, you know, as a radio personality, some of the volunteer work he does, you know, working snowmageddon, I thought was so so neat. I mean, these guys were just buried in the studio for for several days, and he gave some real great insight on that. So uh, I'm gonna flick it over to Greg. Make sure you stick around for a great interview with Greg Smith. Ladies and gentlemen, the host of the VOCM Irish Newfoundland Show kicks country's potluck, homebrew on Big Land Labrador's FM, and host of VOCM Drive weekday afternoons, Mr. Greg Smith. Thanks, Greg, for coming in today. Really appreciate you jumping on and taking the time to have a chat with me. Uh, how you doing today, man? How's it going? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. I was just saying to you before we started, it's going to be weird being on the other side of the microphone, being interviewed, but hey, I'm up for the challenge here today. Thanks for having me, man. I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's not going to be too much of a challenge. I mean, uh, I've been on the other end of your interviews uh, quite often, and 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 you're someone I've 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 looked up to and listened to, you know, uh, uh, through your interviews and 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 on the radio and stuff. I mean, I've I've definitely picked up a few pointers listening to you over the way. And I remember when I was first starting this, actually, I was asking you about it, and you said, "Man, just dive into it. I think you're going to have a good handle on it. You know how to." how to speak to people and stuff. So yeah, big, big thanks for that, by the way. Yeah. So uh, what's been going on, man? How's, how's it going? You keeping busy? I'm assuming. 
Yeah, it's been a very busy time. And, you know, it's uh, never a complaint to be busy, really, I guess, especially in the times that we're living in. But, yeah, work is always busy. I'm here six days a week. Of course, as people know, I'm uh, I'm back in school. As you learned the other day, I'm doing a uh, certification in public relations with the University of Regina. Uh, then I'm keeping my hand involved with the community stuff, too. I mean, I'm heavily involved with a number of campaigns on and off throughout the year. So I'm, I'm fairly busy and uh, happy to say so, but also, uh, you know, Enjoy my downtime too. We uh, we've had a few projects on the go at the house that need uh, need a bit of attention, so I'm looking forward to getting onto those too. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you are an extremely busy man. I mean, I I didn't even quite realize until I really started digging up some research on you at how much stuff you have your hand in. You are involved in one million different different things, like you know, regarding you know volunteering and and the work you do. And I'm and I mean that's just outside of the regular stuff that you do in your regular life to keep yourself entertained and busy, uh, you know, kind of getting started, Greg, like what was, what was some of the things that got you started in, in media and like, what, what was, what was your mindset behind getting going there? Was it something you you thought about doing since you were a kid or, or was it something later in life? Yeah, definitely something I have always wanted to do. Honestly, I don't even know how. I've, I've had this conversation a couple of times with folks uh, coming up in the business and I really don't know how I, got the interest. I remember growing up uh, being in the car, rhyming off sports stats and names to, uh, to mom and dad in the car. Mom be, be like, you know, oh, you're going to be a sportscaster someday because I'm just knowing every name of every player on every team. And uh, But I know mom knew Brian O'Connell when I was uh, young. She used to work with him at the Cancer Society. And uh, that kind of got my interest because I knew somebody in the business. Um, and then from there, I just, I don't know, I just... Got to do a job shadowing day, thanks to Brian, in uh, grade 10. I got to come in and spend a day with Claudette Burns um, doing a job shadowing day. Then I did a cooperative education program, which you probably remember from our high school days. We did go to high school together, uh, and I did a four-month internship here, and then I never left. So I've been here 17 years, and I really don't know how I got the bug, but it bit me hard, and uh, I got to say, I'm so happy I never looked back. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, that goes with saying, I think everybody's pretty happy because you do a bang up job. And I mean, you're, you're really the voice of, of, of the province, you know, one of the voices of the province right now. I mean, people hear you all the time. I want to ask you about a few different things later on, especially like with snowmageddon and stuff. I remember that was a crazy, (laughs) crazy time. I want to ask you about that a little bit later, but, um, you know, that's, that's pretty neat. I mean, uh, people are going to think hilariously enough that everybody I interview, I, I went to high school with or I grew up with. But I just I just know a ton of people. And there's been so many interesting and, and fun people from from Mount Pearl who grew up, especially in our kind of generation. You know, people sure. think that was where it kind of sparked it. And people have done just so many neat different things. I mean, so, yeah, you mentioned getting your door or getting your foot in the, in the door at, at VOCM. And uh, you've been there for a while. Like, Who were some of the radio personalities you looked up to, you know, when you first started getting going? Well, it's funny enough, I got to work alongside of each and every one of them, really. Vince Gallant, Jerry Phelan, Claudette Burns, uh, Paul Rains, Brian O'Connell, uh, Paul McGee, Ken Ash, uh, both who are no longer uh, with us. Uh, you know, Big Tom, uh, you know, nine years just the other day of his Yeah, past. crazy. Still working alongside a number of them. Mike Campbell, for example, Brad Michaels, uh, Patty Daly. I mean, you can't beat Patty, right? No, uh, no, exactly. Uh, is my current boss. I mean, Vicky Foley, the- Vicky Foley calls him Patty Deadly. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but there's so many. I mean, I can go on and on and on with names, but uh, Linda Swain, Brian Medora, I mean, still, still names coming to mind here. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I looked up to each and every one of them and I've learned unique things and different things from each and every one of them. You know, Aiden Hibbs, for example. I mean, I took the show over from him on Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. He was my boss for six years and uh, 
if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't have been on the year here in St. John's. I spent a bit of time in Marystown, uh, came back um, and did a part-time gig here, which wasn't on air. It was produced in Nightline with Patty when Patty first came here. And uh, I was probably here four years before I even got on the air in St. John's. And it was because of Aiden for that. So then to take over the show from him, that was kind of like passing the torch, you know? Yeah. And that's a, that's a big show. I mean, a lot of people tune into that show. I, I for one definitely do. And I mean, I also tune in on Sunday afternoons as well, because it's the perfect rollout. You know, you get your, you get your uh, the Sunday morning fix, you know, at the homebrew and, and then you roll right into Greg. It's, it's a, uh, it's a great, it makes for a great Sunday. Absolutely. Um, Great. Who who is I, I was going down through some of the stuff that you you know online and, and I was just doing a little bit of a background check on you and I noticed you've inter- interviewed some like pretty big names, like some, you yeah. know, uh, you know, not only just musical people, but sports figures and stuff. Can you can you name a couple of some of your favorites, some of the people that really stick out in your mind? Yeah, Ray Borg sticks out in my mind. Uh, yeah, wow, player. I seen that one, man. That must have been just what a yeah. what a treat, you know. Yeah, it was great. He was coming here for a uh, Easter Seals event and uh, got the opportunity to talk to him about that. But then I took the opportunity to talk to him for another 15 minutes on top of that about his career, about winning that cup of Colorado you know, at the end of his career. It, that sticks out. Uh, musically, I did an hour long special with Gordon Whitefoot there a couple of years ago. That was unreal to be able to talk about all the music that he's made over the years and how yeah, he was doing. Told, uh, told a great story he did uh, about how he was driving a think. If I remember correctly, he was driving to a cemetery. Don't ask me why, but he was driving to a cemetery and he heard on a radio station in Ontario that he had died. <laughs> and they started playing the record of Edmonds Fitzgerald and he called. No way. Oh, like, I'm very much alive. Yeah, uh, that was a great interview. Katie Lang was another great interview I've done. Yeah. Uh, so many more. I mean, oh, it's hard to... Hard to, uh, to pick them all out, but there's been some pretty good gems, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, they're just some of, like, you know, the big, big names. But, I mean, you're interviewing people weekly, you know, if not daily, you know, local yeah. musicians. I mean, I've been on your show a bunch of times on on, on the, uh, the evening with a 5.30 evening. Yeah. Yeah, sound check. I mean, I've been on that and I've heard a ton of my musical counterparts and peers. Uh, obviously, you you know, you're a big, big supporter of the local music. Can you talk a little bit about what that means to you and, and, and having those people on and, and chatting with people like that? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it wasn't something I got into the business really looking to do, but I kind of, over the years, kind of fell into the the local music scene. So when I was in Marystown, I actually did a localized version of Marystown, all the Irish people and show. And that's when I really started getting introduced. My first interview was with the legendary Ray Walsh, um, who, you know, passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, and then from there, I started building relationships with Chris Andrews of Shannon and Mark and, and a few of the folks. And then when I came back into St. John's, um, I started hosting a show called Homestyle which was a similar show to the Irish Newfoundland show, but it was on the network. So all of our VOCM stations outside of town and it happened every Monday to Thursday evening from 6 to 8 PM. And then from there, I started really getting the know artists and we started doing like these live kitchen party shows and they come in, they play a song or two and it was just a great way. And then I just really fell in love with the, the scene, um, honestly, and getting to know the musicians, getting out, supporting it and realizing how big it was so the the traditional scene itself you know easy to promote because we had the shows based around it um the potluck show is a little bit different right we get to to incorporate a bit of the country scene a bit more folky more than the trad uh but then soundcheck uh, had that opportunity presented to me a couple of years ago 
And that was an opportunity to branch into different genres. So to me, it just means highlighting everything going on in this province. You can see behind me this big Newfoundland Labrador Folk Festival. This is actually the uh, the concert announcement poster from my first folk festival. So I served on the Newfoundland Labrador Folk Art Society for two years <laughs> and helped program the festival. I was just uh, about so to ask one, you about that. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah, enough. so that's yeah. the first one, and uh, we can dive into that. So it's just kind of something that trickled its way into my blood, and I just, you know what? It's, it's something that's near and dear to my heart now. I mean... I don't know what I do without the local music community. And people tell me all the time, like, thanks for doing these interviews. But really, it's thanks to them for providing me an opportunity as well, because I've really developed a niche in the radio market. You know, radio in Newfoundland and Labrador, and not to go off on a tangent here, but in this province, is really unique compared to the rest of Canada. Um, and we're, we're really, like, hard on local, right? Like, people want that local voice. They want that local talent. They want everything local. And that's something that I, I'm happy to be able to provide. I mean, I do it every Saturday, Sunday, and now Monday to Friday. I got that 15-minute window where I can, you know, just take an artist and chat with them, play a tune or two. It's, it's phenomenal. It's something that I, uh, I really, you know, I'm, I'm honored to be able to do it, to be honest with you. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, it's it's something kind of unique to to hear. I mean, it, it's got to be. I mean, I can't see, you know, the local Edmonton radio station probably playing a, a dedicating a whole Sunday morning or anything like that to just local artists. I mean, it's it's it truly is incredible, uh, you know, where we live and 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 the people that we have here that 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 provide that. You know, and, and the people, the need that people want, people want that people want the local radio. They want the local personalities. Like you mentioned, I mean, it's a huge, huge part of, of who we are. And if not anything, it's been a huge part of uh, people like myself uh, to give, people like myself an opportunity and to get up a little bit higher so people know who you are you know what i mean it helps you out in your shows helps you out on your cd sales and etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah you know i mean I, I speak on behalf of a lot of people again but big thanks again for you know all the work that you do put into to the local the local scene because i mean it, it goes without saying that it, it really really is uh, is very beneficial to to anybody uh big or small in in the scene you know uh uh you mentioned that the poster behind you i know you yeah. did work with the folk festival and uh you were uh, let me see here you, you served a two-year term on the newfoundland folk art society he shared the programming for the newfoundland labrador folk festival and the producer of the radio pro program focus so how did you get involved with the folk festival uh funny enough i uh i think it might have been one of my first times doing a, an MCing gig when i was back in town and um, i was hosting i think the saturday afternoon it was the last year they were in Bowering Park when they were renovating Bedham. and uh i met john drover and we were having a chat backstage john was president at the time and uh I was like, you know, but like, I'm looking for, you know, a few volunteer opportunities now, like any possibility of doing a folk fest. He's like, well, we have uh, our AGM coming up. You can run and be on the board. And I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah, that sounds good. Something interesting to do. So, uh, yeah, I mean, ran on the board, nominated uh, through them and, uh, you know, joined the board. Didn't really know what I was at. First time I was ever on a board of any stature. Right. Uh, but they quickly, you know, knew that uh, with my background working the local music scene on air and, and a few things like that, that I was a bit of a good fit for the programming committee. So uh, I teamed up with Brian Power. Uh, Brian is as a local musician around, a promoter too, line up, line up, all that stuff. People know mm -hmm. Brian. And uh, he became the artistic director. So we worked hand in hand on creating that first festival, which is the poster behind me, brought Fred Penner to the province, Bruce Colburn, and some great memories there. And then, um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I think that might have been really how my real love for, for the local scene started to grow even more because I wasn't quite on the local radio music scene at that point it was kind of behind the scenes and uh from there man like those memories holding from those two festivals the last one i did was the 40th anniversary 
you can't see it, but there's a poster I got uh, dry mounted up on the wall. And we did, I think it was like 98% local. Uh, there's three out of all those bands that entire weekend that weren't from here. And it was uh, something I'm never going to forget, man. It was one of those weekends where you never, it's one of the weekends, Folk Festival weekend always has a rainy day, right? It was I was going to say, yeah, it weekends. always rains, yeah. man. Like, what is up with that? It's so cursed yeah. for the rain, yeah. Right, always. So you got your mittens on and stuff. But we had one night that was washed out. We moved it to a Monday. It was... Uh, Oh man, it was wonderful. It was everything from fortunate ones to the Edda sisters to the ones to Dards. And it was this sunny 30 degree August night on a Monday in Vanderbilt oh, Park. Yeah. And I'll never forget it, but it, uh, yeah, it's one of the best things I think I've ever did. I, I sadly had to come off the board and it was changes in my career. I was moving from a, uh, a morning shift to a night show and, uh, I just didn't have the time to be committed. So I, I got out of that. Uh, but I, I started continuing doing work with them for that focus show that you mentioned, which was a, uh, a seasonal radio show to promote the music and the arts. Once they announced the festival, we used to do like a half hour radio program every uh, Sunday on VOCM to, to promote the festival, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, did you find much of a, a change in, 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 in kind of, you know, emceeing as opposed to doing radio? Was there much of a transition there or did it kind of yeah. just flow hand in hand? Yeah, I mean, the only thing is you can see your audience, right? I mean, even exactly. right now, like talking to you and seeing you on the screen here, I'm not used to seeing the people I'm talking to. I'm usually like looking at my own reflection, right? Right. Uh, still trying to get used to this, to be honest. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I'm seeing, you know what, it's... Uh, it's something that you get more nervous for. I think I'm always more nervous to get on a stage than I am to go do a show in the afternoons than I used to be. But I think the adrenaline kicks in pretty quickly. When people know that the MC is coming up, they know that the talent's about to come on, the, the mm -hmm. music, and uh, they're getting pretty stoked for it. So something to thrive off of for sure, you know? Yeah, no doubt. Can you talk about some of the, like, the behind-the-scenes work you do with Stingray? Like, I know you're producing different things, and, and let alone just the radio stuff, but some of the behind-the-scenes work that you do still currently? Yeah, so I do uh, a fair amount. Uh, you know, uh, I aid uh, Carrie, our program director, in our promotional stuff. So we come up with contests and things like that for, for fairly regularly. We're always in conversations. On the regular, uh, I schedule music. I do all the music back behind the scenes for, for BOCM. So everything you hear during the week, during, say, my drive show or overnight, I'm the one putting all that together and incorporating the music into our days. Um, I do a lot of uh, that for BOCM sister stations, uh, the FM country stations, of course, Kicks, Big Land. I uh, do a fair amount of hosting on those shows, too, and prep work, stuff like that. Uh, we call it log editing. Uh, it's a pretty boring task, but basically it's going through each day once we have our music and our commercial logs uh, kind of put together. I go through them each day to make sure the days are going to be, you know, set up the way they're supposed to be. A lot of things like that. There's always, uh, you know, meetings on the go for, for that kind of stuff and promotional stuff. So that stuff keeps me fairly busy. And then, of course, you know, that's my mornings. And then in the afternoons, I'm in the booth doing, doing my thing. So, yeah, it's uh, pretty chock full of most days. <laughs> Man, a pretty, pretty neat thing I noticed the other day was um, I was watching the, the, the Rock City Builds program on HGTV. Mm. And lo and behold who's featured it was greg smith like how did that come about was that a was that an actual cut or did you, did you cut that for the show so they reached out actually last fall and uh said hey we're reading the show new flame kind of under wraps right now uh it's a construction show out in Vegas. uh one of our episodes was filmed during snow again and we're, we're looking for a voice who could uh, provide us a 60 second basically is all it was 60 second voiceover uh kind of a newsy thing talking about what was going on so me being uh, the person who kind of lived through that <laughs> in this building that I'm in right now, I kind of knew it in the back of my head. So I said, yeah, I'm 100% down for that. Honestly, went down to my uh, my little, I got a little setup in my basement, nothing professional like uh, anyone that I know got. I just kind of went down with a laptop and I'm like, 
knocked off five different takes, sent it off to him. And yeah, that works for us. And then sure enough, February came around and here I was making my, uh, my voice over TV debut. Yeah. So it was no, cool. it's pretty cool, man. It yeah. was, uh, it was awesome. And and that show was great. Have you, have you caught many yeah, episodes? I watched every episode. It's fantastic. Yeah, great. me too, man. They pulled off some great work. Let me tell you. Yeah, no, it's really, really neat. I think they showcase uh, showcase Newfoundland great. I mean, they yeah. uh, they don't dial back at all. I love that. I love that. Yeah. But there's, you know, they show the positive, you know, kind of outlook and and positive personalities that that Newfoundlanders have. And I mean, they show all sorts of weather. They don't hold back on the weather. They're on top of roofs and in, in 80, 90 kilometer winds and snowstorms. And uh, no, that was pretty neat. I, I, I seen that the other day and I definitely wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Snowmageddon, Greg. I had to ask you, man. Like I, I remember. So I just want to kind of give a little rundown on this. So for anybody maybe who's not from Newfoundland, who, who doesn't necessarily know what we're talking about, Snowmageddon was a... <clears throat> Not, was it the yeah, probably one of the biggest snowstorms on record, if not the biggest snowstorm on yeah. record um, in Newfoundland, especially on the East Coast here, uh, you know, around the St. John's, the Avalon Peninsula. Uh, 2019, I believe it was 2019 okay. and it was 2020, right? Sorry, it was that long ago, it seems like it, but it wasn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it was just before COVID, right? It was yeah. before COVID happened. Exactly. Yeah. And it was a monster snowstorm that, you know, essentially uh, shut down. Uh, the greater St. John's area here, especially for, I think it was seven days or so. And you guys were stuck in the studio for pretty much that whole time. Can you talk a little about that experience and what that was like? Yeah. So that was something uh, we weren't really prepared to be doing was sleeping here for a couple of days. Um, we kind of had a plan. I mean, when it comes to snowstorms here uh, in radio, I mean, if you're not working, you're upset, you're not working because storm days is something we thrive off of, you know, we love being here in storm days, kind of what, what we're kind of made for. But um yeah, we had a plan. We knew it was coming uh, that Friday, and uh, we knew we had to get in that morning. So I typically come in 10 o'clock in the morning. I uh, woke up that morning, saw the snow was kind of starting to pick up. So I said to my wife, I was like, I'm going to go in now. It's 8 o'clock. I'm going to pitch in, help out a bit where I can. And then I knew when I went in that I wasn't going home that night because I actually had plans to go stay at the Capitol Hotel down the road because I had to work Saturday morning. So I had to make sure you can get in easy. We knew it was going to be a big dumping of snow. So we usually prepare ourselves for that, right? Uh, but geez, by 11 o'clock came and <laughs> saw the tweet and the notice come in from the city that they were calling a state of emergency. So I popped on down to the studio. Patty was on the air doing open line and I said, showed him my phone and he was talking to, to a caller and he was like put the headset on so i uh, went on the air with him and just announced that they were calling the state of emergency and off the back of that he actually got on the line with danny green when danny declared it and basically said no one's going anywhere wherever you're to is where you're kind of staying to uh i mean they took like they took the plow they took plows off the road everything. it wasn't it wasn't yeah. just you know businesses shut down they took the snow plows off the road yeah. everything everybody was yeah was you had to stay home. Like there was yeah. nobody out around. Yeah, it was crazy. Right. Yeah, at that call, everyone go home, do whatever, stay where you're to. So yeah, from there, myself and Carrie Hodder got on the air and we were on the air uh, 11 a.m. up until almost midnight, Friday night, caught a cute couple hours sleep, back on the air Saturday morning. I slept on a fake leather couch out in our lobby <laughs> uh, for those couple of hours, found out three o'clock in the morning, the heat turns off in the building, it got extremely cold out in the lobby. Oh, no uh, woke up going to the sound that the clouds were actually getting back on the street. That's actually kind of what got me going. And Brian Medora heard the same thing and he got up off his couch out in the kitchen. So we uh, got on the air before o'clock, uh, stayed on the air that night till 7 p.m. Um, and then we were finally given permission at that time of the RNC to, to kind of go to the hotel. We weren't allowed to go anywhere else, just to the hotel down the road. And, uh, so whatever staff was here, but nine or 10 of us got to stay down there for the night. But we were back here on the air again, 6.30, 7 o'clock Sunday morning. 
uh, finally got home at four o'clock. So that whole weekend, we were just on the air, taking calls from listeners, taking calls uh, from government officials. I mean, uh, broke the news on the military coming, got uh, Premier Bob on the air with me. We were chatting about what that meant for the province and, and for this portion of the province. I mean, it was something I'll never forget, honestly. I mean, um, it, uh, it's a career highlight that uh, I'll never forget, something that I'm, I'm happy to have been a part of. At the same time, I mean, wish I was home too. My wife and my dog were just bought themselves for three days, stuck in the house. She was kind of man in the fourth. The dog didn't want to go out and pee for 30 hours. She had to try to shoulder herself out. So there's downfalls to it. But that, uh, that storm, man, we finally got home that Sunday. But it was all week, right? As you mentioned, we, we were in a state of emergency until the following Saturday morning. I don't think anybody was prepared for that. You know, everybody no. knew we've all had snowstorms, man. We've all lived through it. We grew up on, you know, this frozen rock out in the Atlantic. I mean, we know snow, we know weather, but I don't yeah. think anybody was prepared or had braced themselves for that to be shut down for seven days or, or whatever. Yeah, and you know, realized was... that was like a precursor to what we went through afterwards. I know. Yeah. It was like a, yeah. it was like the appetizer. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. And I mean, there's a couple of things that really stick out mind about snow again that kind of like highlighted uh you know severe needs in our community i mean people weren't really as prepared as we typically will be for storms i mean you know everybody goes out and gets storm chips and stuff the night before a big storm but nobody was prepared for five or six days without having to go to the grocery store so when they opened those on tuesday you saw the line up of people it was all over grocery store prior class waiting to get in um and that first weekend when everything shut down dave like honestly um opened my eyes man the amount of calls we would get about like methadone treatment and stuff like that mm-hmm. um sticks in my mind like people were in desperate knees uh throughout that weekend and uh i think a lot of good came out of it because we learned a lot of the hardships going on in our community so kudos to people who recognized that and jumped on board following uh you know such a wild time that we went through uh, but it, it led to some good um and it led to a lot of good neighboring too i mean people getting out and shoveling out and 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 helping out so there was a lot of uh, a lot of stories that spawned from that snowmageddon but uh yeah it was seven days basically uh <laughs> of just being stuck in the house with a couple of little reprieves here and there and to be some of the first people on the streets after that happened like that sunday driving home we got to go on facebook live right uh, myself right. and jeff lewis from hits fm and we were driving around the city driving home once we got to go ahead, like what a scene! It was amazing, <laughs> unreal. Like I can't even describe driving down Kenmore Road and like where um, the new hotel is with Moxie. You couldn't even see the front of the hotel. It was just yeah. snow. <laughs> I was like, wow! Anyway, images I'll never forget. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're right, man. You're right, and you nailed it. You know, it was one thing that certainly you know brought the, the community together. You know, I think through good and through bad, like you mentioned. The, and I don't think maybe a lot of people notice that bad stuff, but I would, I would, I don't want to say bad stuff, but but difficult stuff and challenging stuff that people people face. But you know, it definitely brought the community together as well. And and uh, I got for me example for example like. I met half of my neighbors during that snowstorm that I had not met before because we were all stuck on the same street. We're all out shoveling the same road. You know what I mean? It was pretty, really interesting time. And like you say, it was like a kind of a precursor to, to what, what was, what was coming with, with COVID. I mean, especially with the lockdowns and stuff like that. Um, but just a crazy time. And I, and I remember listening to you guys on the radio thinking like, Jesus, are these guys getting any sleep or what? Cause you mentioned, you know, over 12, 15 hours, some days just on the air. And I'm sure you get a little break here and there, but just, just crazy stuff. Yeah, no crazy, crazy insight. Greg, I know you're, you're a crazy, crazy big into, into volunteering, man. You're, you're a big volunteer. You're in a lot of different programs and stuff. Um, 
you're a telethon host for the Jane Bay Children's Hospital Foundation, which is which is massive. I, I want to talk about that pretty much exclusively here. But I mean, I know you're, you've been an executive committee member of the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, uh, director of sponsorship for the Easter Seals Dodgeball League. That's pretty neat. I know a couple of friends who are involved in that as well. Uh, committee member for the K Kidney Foundation of Canada and board of directors for Newfoundland Labrador Folk Arts Society, and also the marketing communicate marketing communications director for the Frosty Festival. Uh, a lot of stuff going on there. A lot of stuff to unfold. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're huge in volunteer work. Can you talk about some of the volunteer work that you do and, and, and you know, what it kind of means to you and the community? And, and if you can yeah. emphasize a little bit on the uh, on the Janeway Telethon, because that's a huge thing that really goes on here in the province. And it's a it's a great help for the kids. Yeah. You know, volunteering to me, I feel like um, I'm in a position that I can bring awareness to a lot of different organizations. I don't take for granted the, the position I find myself in, in, in the business I'm in. Um, you know, I, I feel like it's kind of not like a duty, I guess, you know, that kind of seems like it's forced upon, but it's not kind of like a calling to be able to give back to the community. Um, uh, you know, I've been recognized a number of times through organizations, through the volunteering that I do, and it's not about the recognition. We just finished up volunteer week last week. Um, and I was an honorary co-chair just last year of a volunteer week. And, um, you know, to hear the stories of people who, who give their time again and again and again, the power of many. And actually the theme from last week, actually kind of, I just kind of stole part of it, but it's the value of one, the power of many. It speaks to what Newfoundlanders and Labradorians are. I kind of grew up in, in uh, a family uh, of people who always, you know, gave to others and, and you know, volunteered their time and, um, you know, I had a lot of, um, I've had a lot of good fortune in my life. I mean, you know, I mean, everybody has their struggles, everybody has their good fortunes, but, um, you know, I just feel like I, I should give back. I mean, I'm in that position to, to do that too, whether it's giving airtime, whether it's going out and hosting an event or jumping on a board. I mean, you know, the, the media business itself is not just for me being on air and radio. I got the social media, uh, presence too, and stuff like that. So I can share and, and promote things. So, you know, I feel like it's uh, something that I was kind of called towards doing because I had that opportunity to do it. And, and it's just something that I, I love doing. Honestly, I love getting out and meeting people. I'm a social guy. I mean, I can't sit still. You see me fidgeting around here now while, while we're talking. Uh, my wife tells me all the time I fidget too much. But um, <laughs> but it's just something I like doing. I like getting out in the community, uh, you know. And, um, yeah, it's just part of who I am. I just like giving back and, and, and doing that. Um, and there's so many great organizations, some of them, you know, you mentioned off a lot there, but I also do some stuff for the Eden Disorder Foundation. Um, you know, there's a group that I, uh, that I really hold dear to my heart. I've done a few things uh, with Rotary Clubs, haven't been involved as a Rotary member, but I've done some presentations and, and some things with them over the years and, and many other groups too, that, uh, that people have probably seen me talk about, but the Janeway Foundation, that's a, that's something that I, I, I hold near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, the children of our province uh, certainly get great care through the Janeway, and I built a strong relationship with the, with Lynn and Ruth and, and Phyllis and them over at the foundation. Um, you know, being in this business, you always see the Janeway Telethon. We grew up watching this. Of course, right? it's a staple, you know. Right, right, every year. And uh, when I started in this business, man, one day I want to be on that telephone. I want to, <laughs> I want to do that, right? Just a little, little something that you kind of want to do is a little self goal, I guess, right? A couple of years ago, I got the call saying, hey, would you be interested? And I didn't even hesitate. I was like, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> didn't even second guess. I'm like, oh, okay, that was easy. Uh, and I got to do it. Uh, the first one was uh, 2019. Um, so I actually, you know, 
went down and, and uh, hats off to the team down there at, uh, at NTV uh, that did do this. I mean, they're not part of the company I work for, but they take in other media partners and, and they make this a full community media, you know, uh, epicenter for, for bringing people together. And uh, we're all close to anyway in the media community. I mean, people think that competition, competition, I mean, it might be for, for on, like for the station dial position, but between personalities and stuff, I mean, we're buddies with everybody. I mean, of course, yeah. I went to, like Rob down to Oz, we, we graduated together. I was like, I've known Rob my whole life, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly, we played yeah. dodgeball together. Uh, so, you know, but to, to get down there and to do that, yeah, the Janeway Foundation, uh, it's a wonderful organization, but the telephone itself is cool because the first year I did it, I'd never been on TV before. I had no idea what was going on. All I knew was that I had to go and be down at, uh, the first day, the first day I did both days. So the first day I was down to guys uh, go down to NTV Studio 107. So what's Studio 107? I just know there's NTV on Boogie Road, you know. And anyway, I figured it out, and uh, they put an earpiece. And I'm used to wearing headphones, but in the earpiece, you're, you're hearing everything, like while you're on and while you're off. And while you're on, they're telling you, like, all right, you need to go to this person, you need to go to that person. So that was a bit of adjustment, but I really enjoyed uh, learning that experience. So when they asked me to come back the second year, it was no hesitation on my part. And uh, it's just a bit of fun because you get to see so much throughout those telethons that you get to see the people who are doing good in the community. Uh, but you also get to hear those heartfelt, the heartwarming stories of these kids who are going through such difficult times. And as difficult of the times that they're going through, they're some of the most strongest people you'll ever meet. And uh, those stories are the ones that really uh, stick with you, you know, and um yeah, that telethon is something that uh, I'm very happy to be involved with. And uh, I think they've already announced the dates for this year, uh, June uh, 4th and 5th or 5th and 6th, something like that. So anybody uh, watching this, make sure you mark that down and get those uh, checkbooks open and make a donation when that comes around. Yeah, no, absolutely. You nailed it there, Greg. I mean, it's a it's a big part of our community. And I mean, it's it's all for the kids, you know, sick kids. And it's just a, a really incredible thing that you guys that you guys pull off and, uh, and kudos to y'all. Another thing that you do is uh, I notice uh, the producer, your sorry let me find it here we got it here the um producer for the vocm cares foundation happy tree concert as well mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about that and what that does for the community yeah so well the vocm happy tree campaign has been on for over 40 years i believe uh memory serves and basically what that is that's a partnership with salvation army and the avalon mall here in town um but across the province with the salvation army so we set up what we call the happy tree so here in st john's we have the happy tree in the mall people all know and love and take pictures of and make photos of all that stuff <laughs> um, well he's the most unhappy happy tree of all time <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah uh he sleeps a lot right um <laughs> yeah. but, uh, the happy sleepy tree happy tree yeah collects toys uh for for children uh and young adults uh you know 16 and uh well infant at age 16 and then we collect the uh, you know, toys and gifts for them. So everybody has a Christmas that Christmas that they deserve, right? Christmas is is a big part of many, and not even just Christmas, any other holiday too. Um, you know, we celebrate a lot around this province, and uh, basically that's what it does. It promotes the fact that uh, not everybody is in a position to go buy a dozen gifts for for a child, or you know, they're they're on hard times. COVID really brought that out. I think showing the hardships a lot of people felt. Uh, but Happy Tree certainly is is for that and, and bringing that to light and, and helping families in need over the holidays. Uh, but the Happy Tree concert itself is uh, something that uh, has been on the go for almost as long as the Happy Tree. I think Bud Davidge told me once before the first he played the first one. It was back in the early 80s, maybe late 70s. And it was out in central Newfoundland 
it used to be like four or five nights a week and you get like Sim and I and uh, A. Frank Willis and Dick Noll <laughs> and all yeah. these people on stage. Uh, so in the last couple of years, I've taken over. Sean Bash did it for, for the years that I've been back in town since 2010. Um, but I took it over the last couple of years and uh, kind of put together a show that's featuring the local talent of today. Uh, the first one I did, we did at the Arts and Culture Center, at the Holy Heart Theater, sorry. Um, and we brought in people on stage and, and we had a great night of it. Uh, just bringing local music to, to people who want to, you know, come out and see a live show at Christmas time. Now, as we know that the market is fairly heavy with Christmas shows the last number of years, uh, the happy tree concert has kind of felt the effects of that to be quite honest. So this past year to be able to do it in a virtual setting was probably the best thing that could have happened to us, to be honest. Um, we're planning on doing a show. We kind of actually kind of wrote it off saying we weren't going to get it off the ground, but then it was mid the, mid November. I think I was like, you know, we can probably pull this off. Uh, I've talked to a few people who've done virtual shows. So thanks to Brad Tuck, who, who, you know, well, uh, he helped me produce it. Uh, we just put a call out to musicians saying, Hey, if you can record a song or two in your home, send it over our way. We're going to put the show together. We called it happy at home. And then we incorporated that aspect of charity. And we heard from the Salvation Army and the Avalon Mall. And all of our personalities got involved. And um, it was like a two-hour, almost two-hour show online. It was just phenomenal. It just means uh, another opportunity for me to promote the local talent while also bringing the need of the happy treat to the limelight. And uh, I got to say, it's, it's definitely a highlight the last couple of years, Christmas time, because I, uh, I think everyone says they have their own traditions for kicking off Christmas. Around VOCM, we have like four or five, right? Like we have Dollar Carol, we have the Happy Tree concert, we have uh, our countdown to Christmas that come on every hour. All those things are kind of like signs of Christmas. People probably know the Get Force or It Feels Like Christmas segments that come on. People love hearing those. So uh, it just means it's another sign of Christmas and uh, it certainly helps bring that feeling of, yeah, Christmas is here finally and the Happy Tree concert just, you know, not only getting to, to see live music again and, and seeing it in that aspect last year virtually, but uh, also, um, you know, helping the community. And VOCM Cares has been doing that for many, many years through many different things. And the Happy Tree has been one of the major ones. Yeah, no, that's you, you, you exactly right. I mean, it's it's funny you mentioned, you know, going kind of virtual and, and, and the how that kind of worked in your favor, I guess, you know, kind of with the saturation of Christmas shows that happen. I mean, everybody puts up a Christmas show, yeah. especially in Newfoundland, because, I mean, you know, excluding last year, but, you know, for the majority of, of Newfoundlanders and Labradorians, they're coming home for, for Christmas, the holidays. Yeah. So if you're a musician or an artist, I mean, it's a great time to put off a concert because you're getting folks from all over who are back home and who want to come out and see some live music. Maybe you have not got to see it for the year. Greg, what's 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 COVID like been like for you guys, like at the station and, and you personally, like how has that been? How has it changed? Like, you know, the, the things you do daily or, you know, like some of the programming you do and, and, and you know, what, what is the, the kind of the downfall been to that so uh, i guess the, you know one of the downfalls is that it's every business has kind of felt that every industry has felt this so there's been you know some layoffs and, and some downsizing across uh, canada and in our industry really we we haven't been prone to that in this province um it's changed our dynamic because you're kind of always talking about it in a way uh mm-hmm. not always but kind of <clears throat> always there people always sitting there exactly yeah right it's always there and you got to kind of balance it i mean you want to make sure people are informed but you also want to give them that break right um that's one thing i like about doing saturday mornings it kind of is that bit of a a levity to the week that all right we've had covid all week we've been talking about the heavy news of the week because as we both know and as everyone listening probably knows 
the news cycle has stopped since COVID. I mean, there's been so much on top of COVID that people have been talking about. So every week has kind of like dragged on for a lot of people. Uh, so it's kind of balancing act, right? Doing the news and giving them a bit of a break. Around here, it hasn't changed a whole lot outside of, uh, of the structure of the building. We don't have our salespeople in the building. They all work from home. Most of our departments, accounting, commercial department, they're all working from home. Any given day, there's maybe 10, 11 people in this building. Uh, we mask up. We don't really gather in our offices. Like I've got a webcam here in my office right now because all of our meetings, even if we're meeting within the office, we're meeting on, on Zoom or Microsoft Teams, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's changed that around. Uh, other than that, though, the on-air for VO, it hasn't changed as much because we're a news talk station. You know what I mean? Um, so that's that's our, our, our thing, our, our go-to. But um, personally... It's changed a few things. I mean, um, you know, I'm used to being out and being social and active. Let's be real. Um, mm-hmm. Not being able to get out and do things kind of kind of keeps you trapped in the house. But I've also taken that as an opportunity to go back to school and to uh, to do a bit of an upgrade on education, do that public relations certification program, which I'll be done with in December. So it's kind of helped me, uh, you know, do that. Never thought I'd go back to school, but I noticed uh, I noticed the opportunity, I think, with uh, with things changing around and, and wanting to learn more and to be, to be, you know, a bit more educated in this field. Public relations is something that's really heavy in the news anyway. I mean, it's good to have that knowledge, right? And uh, I did do a media program on radio, but most of that was basically hosting an online radio show. And that was basically my training, right? Uh, so, yeah, for me, it's kind of changed that. Um, it's changed our lives, uh, myself and my wife, a fair bit. She works from home now full time. She hasn't been in an office since March of last year. So she works out of our house every day. I know she probably feels the effects of it more than I do because you're living and working in the same place. I'm lucky enough I get to leave the house and come in here every day, right? Uh, but outside of that, life has been fairly normal. I mean, outside of not being able to do everything that you, you're used to doing, I certainly miss live shows, man. Like, more than i don't know not more than musicians but more than any fan maybe because i'm so used to being involved with shows and putting off shows and, and being at shows and, and hosting things it's just it's weird <laughs> i can't wait to get back in a crowd of people to watch a live show yeah no you and me both brother i i mean I, i'm definitely feeling the effects of that i mean both from on stage and and as a music fan i mean I, i'm looking forward to seeing some live shows too and i mean don't get me wrong greg i think we've been pretty you know what? I don't want to say lucky because I was I was reading something the other day, and it's a, there's a difference between lucky and 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 you know complacent. I mean, we've 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 been lucky in the sense that we probably have a smaller population in the sense that so that kind of works in our favor. But I mean, we've all put in work here during all this. I mean, nobody, you know what I mean, with the lockdowns and everything. I mean, everybody has worked really really hard to to, to try to give us a little bit of. Uh, not freedom, but a little bit of life, you know, a little bit of normalcy, a little bit of regular, you know, every day, especially last summer. I mean, last summer was great. The, you know, we had the, the water street, the, the, the pedestrian mall. And I mean, everybody got to get out a little bit and, and live a little. It wasn't, you know, well, you see what's going on in Ontario right now. And even Nova Scotia and stuff like that is starting to kind of pop off again well, there now. So. The ECMAs and stuff. I mean, they were so hopeful to be able to put off in-person stuff and just like that, we know it can change, right? So, yeah. And that's the scary thing with this virus, man, is that you just don't know. I mean, I mean, even like, you know, uh, with the election and stuff, I mean, everyone has their opinions and views on, on the election. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, nobody can say that anybody knew that what was going to happen was going to happen. If Nobody knew that there was going to be an explosion of this. Anything. I mean, as much as things have popped up and kind of a surprising 
it's not as surprising because everything is kind of up in the air anyway. And I think we need to be prepared for the, for the surprises like that, you know? And uh, yeah, hundred percent. We agree that like, there's around here, we joke sometimes, but like when something happens in the news, we're like, man, like, can anything else happen? Like, well, yeah, something is going to happen. Because yeah. It's just the way it is now. Right. Like, I mean, we can't be surprised by any of this. No, exactly. Uh, you mentioned the ECMAs, Greg, I noticed you're up for a couple of ECMAs. Sorry. You are actually awarded. You've been nominated for five Music and L Awards I was looking at. It's Media Person of the Year 2016-2020 and Volunteer of the Year 2020. Yeah. And you've also been a three-time nominee for the ECMAs back-to-back-to-back three times, 2019, 2020, yeah. and 2021 uh, for Media Person of the Year. I mean, uh, I guess you'll probably find out what will happen with that now, I guess, because it's all gone yeah. virtual, right? I mean, I was talking to Nick Earl the other night um, at Greensleeves after my gig. I was doing a solo gig, and he was playing right after me. And he was kind of just telling me then, and this is before they kind of started to, the, the cases started to kind of explode in Nova Scotia, that they were pulling back on it. You know what I mean? The, the quarantining and stuff was still in place, because originally when they had done that, they had said that, the uh the bubble would probably have been open by then so yeah it would have been open it was supposed to open may uh april 19th and then it was pushed may 3rd and now i guess it's gonna be pushed even further but yeah i mean they've moved it all virtually so i guess we'll find out uh online i know um i think it might have been last year no well last year it was virtual it was supposed to be here in town so 2019 when they were in pei i guess yes. um i know i watched it virtually then too yeah uh because i wasn't able to travel anyway at that point to go up there so i know i watched it so yeah they'll do virtual awards i know the, the award show itself will be virtual they usually do the industry stuff outside of it mm-hmm. this year is kind of cool because not only do i have a nomination but uh vocm and right. keeps country have nods and uh it's pretty cool to see that for sure yeah, no, absolutely. That is really, really neat. So, uh, you know, best of luck with you with that. I know, uh, I know you work really hard, Greg. So I think you, uh, you definitely deserve it, man. I think you're a really great voice for this, uh, for this province. But before I let you go, Greg, I want to ask you a couple, couple, couple key questions here. All right. You ready, buddy? All right. What, are you watching any hockey this year? I have watched so much North Division hockey. I don't even know there's teams south of the border. <laughs> man, I feel the exact <laughs> same way, man. And it's, yeah. you know what, it's been a weird year because, obviously it's a weird year. Don't get me wrong, but like, I'm a, I'm a Leafs fan. I'm a diehard Leafs fan. Anybody who listens to this podcast gets sick of me talking about the Leafs. So it's like, you know, during my segment at the beginning, I'm always, you know, talk about what's kind of going on in the world and and, and locally and personally. And then I'm always talking about the Leafs, but I mean, this year has been so different for me because I find myself like, I'll sit down. I'm watching Montreal and Ottawa. I'm watching Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Edmonton, which is not something I would have normally done a whole lot in the past. Like, I'm a hockey fan, but I'm a diehard Leafs fan. I watch every Leafs game. Uh, what do you think of the Leafs, man? What do you think of the new new uh, acquisitions? And and uh, what do you think about the goaltending situation? Man, overall, I always say I'm, th- I'm like, when I want to say I'm thrilled with how they've been playing and how the season's going, I say with a bit of, uh, I don't want to say it too loud because I'm afraid we, we're both diehard Leafs fans. And uh, as you actually were doing your background, you asked me what team because you couldn't find anything online. I don't show my uh, my biases too much online. And uh, when it comes to the Leafs, I know I get razzed a fair bit. So I kind of keep that, keep that well, online. I, I seen the reason I asked that was because yeah. I was like, I, in my head, I'm like, because I know we've talked about it before, yeah. but I, I didn't want to bring it up live without actually quick yeah. asking you before. But I noticed that you, you had told me that you, your dad was a, it was a big Blackhawks fan. Yeah. I mean, that must have been an interesting dynamic growing up as a Leafs fan compared to with your dad with a, being a Blackhawks fan. 
Yeah, well, it's funny. My whole house has different teams, right? My brother was a Habs fan. Oh, no way. uh, He he actually left the Habs and went to Colorado with Patty Watt. (laughs) Uh, My sister and my uh, mother are both Boston Bruins fans. And then my dad was a Blackhawks fan. Here I am, the Leafs fan. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a bit of an interesting dynamic. And, uh, you know, uh, that that one thing you found online about hockey on Facebook was the Blackhawks because we took dad down to see the Blackhawks. We did a bit of a boys weekend uh, to see uh, the Hawks play uh, Montreal back uh, 2016, 2017. So that was a cool little trip, but uh, yeah, it was interesting dynamic. And dad and I, uh, we bond over hockey a bit. We would never watched a lot of hockey growing up, but uh, since the the ice caps and, and the growlers now, uh, dad and I are season ticket holders. So we were always down to the rink and, and watch and cheer on the team and, uh, but an interesting dynamic, no doubt. Yeah, the Hawks. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what he sees them. But anyway, we'll, we'll oh, I mean, I mean, they won a couple championships. I mean, over the last few years. I mean, they're 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 Back there. With history, the, uh, I suppose they were the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? I, I mean, it's pretty neat that the Growlers, you know, are affiliated with the Leafs. I mean, yeah. did you have any interaction with any of the Leafs like, or any of the Leafs stuff that was going on when they were here for the training camp? Did you have any I part did, of that? unfortunately. Um, I was involved with uh, kind of arranging a couple of interviews and stuff, but uh, mm-hmm. outside of that, I wasn't involved much. We kind of left it up to Ben Murphy. Uh, Ben's our big sports guy yes, here. Right. Yeah. The Monday Night Sports Show and stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, I love the fact that they were affiliated with the Leafs again because when we were, as much as I love the Ice Caps, those uh, red, white, and blue days. I'm with you, man. I hear you, dude. (laughs) What do you think? What do you think the Leafs are going to do? How do you think they're going to, how do you think they're going to hold up this year? My feeling is they're going to do well. I don't know if it's the year that we're going to go all the way. Uh, I would hope we are. The goaltending has been kind of up and down, and it just kind of seems like, I don't know if. If, can I blame the media when I'm in the media? I feel like we put too much focus on it. When Jay Campbell was doing so freaking well, man, and then all of a sudden he was like, you know, on Tim and Friends and, and, and all these shows talking about everything. And all of a sudden the slump started happening. Like, was he, was, and then maybe it's not to me, maybe he got into his head a bit himself saying, oh man, like, I'm going to, I want to be the savior of this team type thing. So I don't know. I mean, it's got to be a head game, right? Um, well, he he seems to be one of those people that when you know when when it's when he's winning, he's really high and yeah, he's, he's, he has you know he's so positive and smiley and chirpy. But yeah. it seems like you know after a loss or two, he's just down in the dumps and yeah. he's really beating himself up for it, taking you know taking the hits on himself and and stuff yeah. like that. But uh, you know, I, I really think that 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 Kyle Dubas has put together a, a really interesting squad. I mean, with, oh, with yeah, the depth, sure. I mean, and the toughness, yeah. I think that's really what the Leafs have lacked over the last uh, well, several years in the playoffs. Presence on that team. I always love the fact this season that we have Joe Thornton and Jason Spezza. They've been in the league for so long, but they are still producing. They're still, I mean, you, you combine that experience and even just the, the ability to score and stuff still when they do but putting that experience in behind Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and all those. I mean, and these I, guys are making the league minimum team. It's a winning product. It's just hopefully we can get there because I mean, we don't know how it's going to go when it, when they start playing South of the border either. It's going to be really interesting. Cause like, that's one thing that, I mean, I think everybody was pretty excited with the beginning of the season with the idea of, you know, facing Montreal 10 times with Matthews facing McDavid 10 times, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and and you see the kind of rivalry that's brewing between the Jets and the Leafs right now. But I found kind of halfway through the season, I don't want to say it kind of got a little bit stale, but I would have liked to see, you know, the Leafs face off against. Tampa Bay, the Leafs yeah. face off against Boston, these teams who they've had trouble with in the past that now they're going to go in, you know, if 
by all means, fingers crossed. You know, if they can make it through a round or two of the playoffs. Yeah, let's be real. We can see the surge from the Canucks here now. they got a few games in hand, right? They do. They have six <laughs> or seven games in hand. Absolutely. And yeah. and the Leafs have had a, had a tough time against the Canucks this year. So, yeah. I mean, anything could happen. I mean, listen. As a Leafs fan, you know it, and I know it. You can never, yeah. you can never hold it, hold it too tight. You know what, what could happen. Uh, so we just, we got to hope for the best, and and uh, and really put uh, all trust in Kyle Dubas, as they say. Yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, I think they got a great squad put together. I'm, I'm loving the hockey. I just kind of hope they can, uh, they can bring it all the way for sure. Yeah. I seen a really neat thing, man. Uh, yesterday, Jason Spezza kind of rallied the troops together to, uh, to pay. Uh, they got the money together to pay some of the AHL salaries for the, uh, for the, the, the young kids. But they, yeah. Yeah, because apparently what was happening was like, I guess, where the AHL didn't play X amount of games that they're, they were, you know, they were only guaranteed like 25% of their contracts. So oh, Jason okay. Spezza went and rallied like everybody on the big club and put together a bunch of money. I mean, just incredible leadership awesome. there, I think, from from some of those uh, some of those, uh, you know, veteran players there that we have. I mean, really, really neat. Um I'll let you go, Greg. I know you got a busy day ahead of you, man, and you're a busy oh, man. Good. I really want to thank so much, man, for taking the time to come on today. I love having a chat with you and appreciate all the work you do for all the local musicians and and and, and keeping everybody on top of things. So uh, big thanks, Greg. Oh, big thanks for having me, man. And I appreciate that. Uh, you know, it's uh, I call it a job, but it's not really a job. I, I enjoy it. and I come in every day to, to do that. So I look forward to chatting again. And next time we do this, I guess we'll, we'll switch roles and we'll get you on soundcheck. Again. Well, it's usually that? like that. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Greg. Thanks again, man. We'll catch up with you soon. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Big thanks to Greg Smith for coming on there. Uh, just an awesome chat. I mean, really great to see, see and hear Greg, you know, kind of chatting behind the scenes about everything he does day to day. Uh, all of his, his 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 endeavors that he's into, you know, the, the volunteer work. I mean, he's incredible. He's really, really great guy. He does so much work for the community. He's so involved with the community. He helps local musicians, guys, like more than anybody could. You, you have no idea how much help this guy brings to, to local musicians with the exposure elements. And, you know, he... Even after we had chatted, he said, man, I know you got a new project on the go. I'd like for you to jump on and, and have a chat with me the, the week about uh, about the new project. I mean, nowhere else probably in, in the in Canada, you know, that that the radio is jumping on a brand new project. They want to get you on the radio and and, and get you out to the to the people and the folks uh, uh, ASAP like that. So, you know, huge thanks to to Greg Smith for jumping on there and uh just really loved having that chat I, I was chatting with greg actually before i ever started this podcast and he really gave me a good little push he said man you got to do it he said you you can chat you know how to how to do it it'll take a little while to get the wheels rolling but once you do you know you'll figure it out and you'll figure out how you feel you know with 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 chatting and and i gotta say i've become more comfortable it's it's uh, not an easy feat to just sit here and, and chat away to yourself but uh yeah big thanks to greg smith um, you know that about does it for me guys once again you can catch me this weekend with uh, with the new band the Donnies we're at O'Reilly's Friday and Saturday night really looking forward to that big thanks to Brenda O'Reilly for uh, for having us on um, and um, gonna be a great weekend super super fun and uh, if you're out around town and, and looking for some live music come and check us out um, once again guys that does it for me my name is Dave Whitty thanks for tuning into the Dave Whitty show make sure you follow me on all my social media at Dave Whitty for the most part make sure you like and subscribe my YouTube channel I uh, really appreciate all the support I've gotten so far and having a lot of fun pumping out the podcast still looking for a sponsor somebody wants to pay me some X amount of money to give you some sp and, uh, sponsor reads and you know just even something small guys you got a little project or a little band or I mean or a little little business and you want some some free promo I'm averaging pretty good numbers on these podcasts 
podcast. So really looking to uh, to broaden my horizons with the, with the podcast. So uh, thanks everybody again for tuning in. Uh, thanks to Greg Smith for uh, for coming on the podcast, and uh, we'll catch you soon. Peace.